it's the next level. About a week before we all got on the plane, got to talking with this man in a bar in Sydney. He was an American too. Doctor. I've been on some benders in my time, but this guy, he's going for an all-time record. So it turns out this guy has a son. Son's a doctor too. They'd had some kind of big time falling out. The guy knew it was his fault. Even though his son was back in the States thinking the same damn thing. See, kids are like dogs. Knock them around enough. They'll think they did something to deserve it. Anyway. There's a payphone in this bar. And this guy. Christian. Tells me he wishes he had stones to pick up the phone, call his kid. Tell him he's sorry. He's a better doctor than he'll ever be. He's proud. He loves him. I had to take off, but... Something tells me he never got around to making that call. Small world, huh? Yeah. Good luck, Jack. Welcome, everyone, once again, back to the island for another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcast Network, I am Kristen Howell. And this week, we were diving into season finale territory. We have uh, three episodes of the season finale. The season finale broken down for season one. When it aired, was broken down into two episodes, but it's technically three. Because the actual last episode was aired as two. So it was a two-hour finale. And um, yeah, so we're going to break it down into two episodes. Exodus Part 1, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then Exodus Part 2, Part 1, and Exodus Part 2, Part 2 next week. Okay, but if you go on Hulu, it's Exodus Part 2 and Exodus Part 3. Oh, if you go on IMDb, it's Exodus Part 2, Part 1 and Exodus Part 2, Part 2. You know what? Why? Why does Lost it, Lost overcomplicates everything? <laughs> well, I mean, the story itself was overcomplicated. Not really. <laughs> so why not just the why not the names of the episodes too? 
That, so, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't care. But either way, we're going to be talking about one of the three episodes today, and then we'll cover the second two next week. Uh, we are also changing formats yet again today in that we are switching from a top three to a top five, and that is because there is a lot to cover in this season finale. And it's all really fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. And even though we might not sound it, but that's just because it's very early in the morning right now. And Kristen has also been recording all week and she is brain fried. A little bit, but I'm ready for this one. I, I kept telling everybody that this this one is my fun recording. I get to have fun. I get to hang out with you. It's really it. I got to watch Lost this morning with coffee. I'm very excited. You so. watched it again this morning. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I watch it once as a fan, and then I watch it twice for notes. Yeah, I usually do the same thing, too, but I had such a busy week that I wasn't even able to start watching this episode until last night. So, But maybe I'll watch it again. I might watch it again when we're done and then go into just the second part of this, because we're going to be talking about that next week. Was that like a chime that we have to get started? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, uh, a quick word about the format of the podcast <laughs> if you are new to it. Uh, new episodes are recorded every Friday. This is a spoiler-filled podcast, so uh, apologies if you have not watched the series before. We are going to dive into a lot of things that happen in the future of the series, uh, as well as the stuff that has happened in the past. And we're really hoping sometime before the end of the year to bring you some kind of an interview with one of the cast members of the show. And... Um, Hopefully that's going to come to fruition. Been working my magic, and we'll see if it happens. But uh, with that being said, let's let's jump into this Exodus Part One, Episode Twenty Three of the first season, with our top five, and I'll kick it over to you. What's your number five of this top five? I'm going to kick it off with Jack is the worst man. <laughs> oh, Des is going to love that one. Well, you know, he already gave us his review on uh, on the podcast, so I'm going to go with my very false character analysis of Jack is the worst. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was directed towards one person, people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was totally directed towards you. <laughs> um, so... So there was two instances where I was just really disappointed in Jack. Yes, he was he was okay this episode. He wasn't awesome. He was okay. Uh, he had a great moment with Sawyer, which we'll talk about later, which just that scene was one of my favorites of the oh, whole and, episode. And that's in my top five as yeah. well. So. so, but before that, when Rousseau shows up at the camp and nobody has seen her yet, really, except for Saeed. If I'm not mistaken, it was just a few people, right? Saeed and I think Hurley are the only two at this point who have met Rousseau. Okay. So she shows up at the camp and she's like, you know, the others are coming. There was, you know, and she tells her story about the pillar of black smoke. Uh, her baby was a week old. She's staring at uh, Claire's baby, like super intent, intense. Excuse me. Um. And then she says, you know, and then there's whispers and that's how I, you know, that's how I knew that there were, there were others, blah, blah, blah. So Jack is with Locke, like in the very next scene. And he's like, she's not playing with a full deck. She's talking about black smoke and whispers and she's insane. Why are we believing her? And I'm like, dude, why are you discrediting it? Discrediting this woman when you've seen a black smoke monster Polar bears, you followed your dead dad into the jungle when you first got here and heard the whispers that she's talking about. But you're 
real quick to just he's so quick to just like discredit somebody or make them seem less or not believe them like i it's annoying and he has this like super like negative look on his face. He looks like he ate a lemon most of the time. <laughs> All right. And then later when he's drinking at the bar, you know, he just like Anna Lucia says something to him and he goes, do I know you? Like, come on, dude, just like look up and say, huh? Or, you know what? You don't have to be. He's just negative. Well, and it's funny that you bring all that stuff up, too, because, I mean, I, I can see that the your point with Rousseau and like she's not playing with a full deck and all of that. But at the same time, I also have another note in here, and this isn't one of my top fives, is that Jack suddenly to me when it came to the other group of survivors became so much more like trusting. Like he was willing to give Sawyer a gun without any hesitation. Uh, Hurley or not Hurley, Arst asked if he can go with them. And he's like, okay, we're leaving in a half hour. Kate wants to go. So he's like, okay. Yeah, but Kate he hesitated go. with Kate. Well, you also got to realize too that it kind of was revealed last week that of, of what she did. He already knew. No, he never knew what she did. He, he knew that she was, he knew that she was. A, a fugitive she didn't say anything else about what she did she she didn't say anything she was just ousted as somebody who was already who was in handcuffs and he and she was the prisoner that the marshal had but they never said anything about what she did true but i think it was more hesitation about kate only because she was kind of ousted by the camp and i think that was more of what he was looking at I but think see that, but see, you're right. That, right that does there make him, him the worst yeah. because who is her ally on the island if it's not Jack? True. That That's very true. Yeah. I mean, it's to, to oust her the same way everybody else was when they were kind of in, in everything together um, to kind of treat her that way just because the rest of the camp was. You're right. It, it makes him a horrible person. There you go. I, I'll agree with that. So that's my number five. Jack is the. <laughs> but again, I mean, I think there was a sudden trusting methodolo methodology to him as well, too, and and with that. But it was just it, it it kind of just surprised me a little bit that when it came to like giving Sawyer the gun, letting Ars come along, it he, there was little to no hesitation about it. I think he was more in a survival mode than a I'm going to question everything mode. Hmm. At least with them. With Rousseau, it was completely different. So I guess there was kind of a double standard to Jack's behavior in this episode. Yeah, because he's the worst. Yeah, I know. I know he's the worst. Uh, <laughs> What's your number five? My number five is where, and I'm kind of trying to start like lighter and then work towards the more uh, important stuff as we go through. So uh, my number five is actually going to be the seat numbers. We got more references to uh, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 in this episode. And, I wrote that down as well. And that being uh, Jack and Anna Lucia's seats on the plane. When they reveal each other to when they reveal to each other where they are, Anna Lucia is in 42F and Jack is in 23B, which also plays another important 
part to this show going into season two because we're meeting Anna Lucia for the first time. And that not... was my number four. Oh, sorry. That's well, we, okay. can, we can just kind of yeah, combine we can them. T- yeah. We could combine them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're, we're meeting Anna Lucia for the first time. Certainly not the last. And, uh, you know, you look at that split between 23 and 42 and that becomes very important next beginning of next season. I think right from the start of season two mm-hmm. is when that really jumps into it. But focusing just on this season finale, we're, we're getting references to those numbers again in 23 and 42 being two of uh, the sequence of numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I um I was really excited about the introduction of Anna Lucia because it means that, you know, the story is about to get another layer. And uh, when the show first came out, I was a huge fan. Uh, Fast and the Furious fan. And so when I saw that Michelle Rodriguez was going to be on the show, I got really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you have to figure too, like when, when you're watching this series for the first time and you see, you know, you, you see the name in the credits. Cause I had actually completely forgot that Michelle Rodriguez was in the finale. I didn't think she was introduced until season two. So when you see her name pop up in the credits, I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I forgot she was in here. But mm-hmm. the first time you see that episode and you see that name pop up, you're like, wait, Michelle Rodriguez is in this episode? And when you see her, she's a very small part of this episode. You have to realize as a television viewer, okay, they didn't bring in an actress like Michelle Rodriguez just to play that little part. That right. could have gone to anybody. They didn't bring in anybody that big to play that part if that part was not more important. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of realize at that time, even upon your first viewing, that Anna Lucia is an important character. Right. And um, I, I love the foreshadowing when, when she looks at him and she says, you know, hey, the worst part's over. Uh-huh. And she says it as somebody who's been through it. And then when we learn about Anna Lucia's character later, we understand that, yeah, she really, um, she's been through it with, you know, her past and, and kind of what happened to her before she got on the island um so she was speaking from you know she was speaking with compassion from a frame of experience um but you could tell in that one line that she was even without knowing anything about her past um at this point yeah so yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, to anybody who ha- is watching this series for the first time, we're we're kind of giving away a little bit of spoilers about Anna Lucia. Spoiler full podcast. You 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 do find out again. Anna Lucia's character is very important because uh, she was in the uh, the cargo hold the whole time. No, that's not true at all. I was <laughs> trying to divert people so that they weren't spoiled that much. She was in the <laughs> overhead compartment. She was a stowaway. That would have been. She was in forty two F, man. <laughs> well, she she hid in the overhead compartment when the plane was about to go down. Okay. So no, that's not true at all. She was she was in forty two F. Forty two F. So uh, that was your so meeting Anna Lucia was your number four. Yeah, just the introduction of Anna Lucia, new character. She's on the plane, as you said. Um, she was, you know, kind of a bigger name at at that time in 2004 2005 so it's you know you you don't give you know michelle rodriguez a cameo on the finale of you know a big show like lost had become at that point 
Uh, so it kind of alludes to the fact that we are going to get more survivors at some point, which well, is cool. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I want to backtrack on that comment a little bit of like not giving Michelle Rodriguez a cameo on a show like that, because let's not forget it was season one. So the show was had already been filmed by the time the show got big. So uh, cameo appearances as the show went on, you could absolutely do because there is one. There's there is a to anybody who's ever watched uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Rob McElhenney actually does a small role in one of the episodes of Lost. And it was mainly because he was a fan and he just wanted to be on the show. And he he plays a very small role that is over relatively quickly. It's only like a minute long. But it was because he just wanted to be on the show. But at this point in the series, with it being simply season one, you're correct. You don't put Michelle Rodriguez in a role like that. Um, if it was like season four, season five, I could see it being a possibility if she was a huge fan and just wanted to be on the show for a minute. But in season one, yeah, that's not happening. That right. she's, she's an important character if they're bringing somebody like her in this early. Right. So that's what uh, I just said. I know, but I, I was just backtracking on the, they don't put somebody that big on and let, you know, because of the popularity of the show. You mean like Coldplay playing for the red wedding? Yeah. Like that. Exactly like that. Okay. Um, or Bruce Willis possibly showing up in Brooklyn nine, nine. Oh, please, please let it be. That happened. That's gotta happen. Has to happen. Bruce Willis. If you're listening, I know you're not, but <laughs> just in case, uh, Please do Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, <laughs> so my my number four, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to categorize these. I'm going to go with this one for number four because my other three are, I, I, I absolutely love. They were my original top three. Um, this is the first time all season that we are getting multiple backstories and flashbacks. We're not focusing on just one person because <laughs> when we first started this, well, the first backstory that we get is Michael and Walt. And so I wrote down Michael and Walt backstory. And then we progress further and we get more of Jack's backstory. And I'm like, okay, slash Jack. And then we get Sawyer's backstory. Okay, slash Sawyer. And at that point, I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to write them down anymore because it's probably going to be everybody. And even like Saeed is incorporated into Shannon and Boone's backstory. Um, you know, we get the U.S. Marshal incorporated back into Kate's backstory, but we're finding out literally moments right before all of these people are getting onto the plane. And, you know, we see Michael and Walt in the hotel right before the, the night before they leave. We're seeing Jack in the, in the, in the bar, in the airport. Sawyer is at the police station right before he's given the ticket to be exported home. And Shannon and Boone, I wanted to save for last because we're seeing Saeed in the airport, obviously, as well. We get that whole interaction with Saeed and Shannon. But I wanted to focus more on the Shannon and Boone aspect of it uh, because, one, we're seeing Boone for the first time since his death. And two, this is really a good, opportun a good opportunity to see that Shannon is probably the one character out of everybody in this first season who has gone through the biggest growth. She has done a complete 180 from the character that she was in that airport because she is a spoiled, rotten little bitch who does whatever she can do to get her own way. And she proves that with Saeed and what she does to Saeed and his luggage. And then she goes to being this character that we've actually grown to love at this point on the island. 
Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you were still there. You were kind of relatively silent for a minute. Well, I was. I, I was listening because uh, I was seeing where you were going with this because um, a lot of what you're saying kind of goes into my number one. Oh, good God. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm i totally cool with that. Um, so so I'll, I'll talk about kind of I, – I think you're right, but I also think that um, this whole flashback thing kind of, to me uh, – proved that I, I think the point that was trying to be made was how far everybody had come. Uh, and the only reason why I say that is because from the very top of the episode, you know, Walt and Michael are in two separate beds and Walt is, is, you know, yelling at his father, trying to run away from his father, telling him he's not his father. And then as soon as that flashback is over, it goes to what's going on on the Island and they're sleeping head to head. And, you know, Walt, wakes up sleeping right next to his father and he doesn't want to wake him up and he gingerly steps away to let his father sleep. Um, and that to me was such, it, it was, it was so apparent that it, it was saying, look how far these two characters have come. And then you say to about Shannon, because it's true what you said. I mean, you look at Shannon's not even paying attention to Saeed and tries to get him in trouble to make a point to Boone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But then and now here she is and she's folding clothes and she's grieving the loss of her brother. She's got a relationship with the guy she got into trouble with uh, and she got into trouble in the airport. And Walt is handing over her his dog to her. And that, that's um, actually my number three. Right. Yeah. So and, and we'll talk about it and we could talk about that later. But that shows how far Shannon has come. You look at um, Kate. You know, Kate was Kate was going to jail, Kate, you know, with with a guy that had five guns. Yeah. And now she's got the guns, you know, I mean, oh, she I doesn't have think the of guns. it that way. But yeah. Um, but now she's kind of, you know, she's on her own path to redemption. Granted, she's taken a huge step back because Sawyer was a jackass last episode. But even I mean, look at Sawyer. Sawyer was, you know, being deported and he had just killed a man that he shouldn't have killed. And and he was, you know, just really angry and horrible. Um, and now he's telling Jack the biggest piece of information that Jack has needed to hear since his father died. And that was huge. You look, um, you look at Jin and son, Jin and son, you know, with their little interaction in the airport with her getting food and spilling coffee on him. And they're just like on opposite ends of, you know, any type of loving marriage. And then they come forward and they're reconciling and they're crying and they're telling each other that, they love each other as much as they do. And, and he wants to take care of her instead of her taking care of him. And you just, it, and, and I titled my number one, we've come a long way, baby. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everybody was on this Island and they started as strangers who didn't trust each other. And now they have all collectively come together to launch this raft and they succeed together and they're hugging each other and they're celebrating each other and 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 they've become a community and i think that there's something really beautiful about that and i love this the path that that this entire group as a whole has gone on through the whole season and i think that that's really um that's really pronounced in this particular episode and that whole <clears throat> in that whole stretch of conversation that you just had you just touched on the rest of my top 5 
Well, I. But in, no, in but that's fine. Too. And yeah, and that's fine. I mean, we'll, we'll go into more detail of all of them as we progress further. But yeah, I mean. <clears throat> the... That's why I saved it for number one, because I was like, if I talk about this too early. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go into it's going right, to ruin exactly. the top five. <laughs> right. But it's uh, but it's fine. I mean, <clears throat> it's um, it's one of those things that like. I know we focus on the top five, but just jumping into these moments, even if they kind of blend together, is fine. And that's one of the reasons why I saved the rest of these for my top three over my top five is because it's there's so much that happens in this episode when it comes to the launching of the boat, when it comes to Rousseau coming back to camp and mentioning the black smoke and the others are coming. But some of my favorite parts of this episode were the character interactions. Yes. And I think that that's how it is supposed to be. No, I agree with you completely. And, you know, one of the things I can make mention that's a note and not one of my top five that you kind of brought up in that point is that you're right. By the end of this episode, when they're launching that boat, we're seeing more than any other time in this series that this is a group of strangers who have, in a very weird way, become family. Mm -hmm. You know, they're stepping up, they're helping each other. And we talked about hope last episode and the hope, uh, how it takes just a little bit of hope to push things forward and you know give bring this group a little bit of happiness we're seeing that in the launching of this raft everybody is happy because there's a glimmer of hope that they might get rescued because of this mm-hmm. so yeah it's it it's just been it's just been great to watch everything come together and that boat launching from from Charlie collecting people's messages and putting them in the bottle to go on the boat to uh, the scene I'm sure Sawyer loved or that ladies loved about Sawyer cutting the bamboo uh, for, you know, uh, uh, the mast of the raft and how that kind of brings him back into the fold with Michael and Jin and just seeing everything. It, it brings so much happiness and it really is kind of like a happiness before hell moment of this series because Mm -hmm. this series, this season finale is broken up into two, technically three parts. This is the happiest of it Mm -hmm. because the next part of it is not so much. Right. A lot of shit starts going down as we, before this season ends. But isn't it great that, um, that we get the sense of how close they are as a group before the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Right. Because then you know that this is a group of people that can rely on each other. Whereas if you just started with the crappy part, you would probably think, "Uh Oh, I, you know, there's been so much drama lately. I'm not really sure that, you know, they'll be able to do any of this. And, um, there were just a lot of really great solidifying moments of, of this episode that, kind of made you just feel warm and fuzzy about the group as a whole yeah no i'm, I'm i agree with you completely i think right. had they had they not made that point that they are they do have this connection and they do have this bond that when all this stuff started happening it i think you needed to make that point that you just made that they could rely on each other mm-hmm. to, because yes. they, they're going to need that to get through it yes so because we're also seeing kind of a I, I don't want to use the term fracture because fracture almost seems like it has a negative connotation. But we're seeing a split uh, in the cast for the first time as well. We've seen relatively individual stories and smaller splits of, you know, of Boone and Locke going off and doing their things. But now we're seeing 
uh, a split into three different groups now. We're seeing the group that's going to the Black Rock, into the Dark Territory. We're seeing the group that's on the raft. And then we're seeing the group that is going to now move to the caves mm-hmm. because of everything. So, um, and that plays an important part as well because these this group, I, I'm trying to remember or not because it has been a while since I've watched these finales. It, well, I know of one group that's not going to be coming back into the fold for a little while. One of these three groups isn't going to be coming back for a little while. Um, And you can probably kind of guess which one of those three groups are because they're the group that's leaving the island. Wish it was Jack's group. I know. I don't because Hurley's in that group. (laughs) And so is Kate. I know. Don't incorporate them into your your negativity (laughs) against Jack. Don't punish them. (laughs) Um, No, no, I'm, I'm... Kidding. Um, so where did we leave off with this? Was did you do a number four? Or no. Did, okay. I no. Well, you kind of moved your number one to number four. Um, I started. I started off with a point, but then, but then I've just been piggybacking on yours. <laughs> okay. So what? So then. Okay. So then, what's your number four? Well, well, my number four was the introduction of Anna Lucia. So I'll go oh. to my number three. Okay. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, you started. Sorry. So I wanted to talk about. Um, Sawyer and Jack scene. That's my number three. So let's do it. Cool. All right. So I. It was. It I, was. It was my number two. But I'll move it to my number three so we can talk about it together. Just love this scene so much because, you know, first of all, Jack is giving Sawyer a gun. Yeah. And if you, if anybody had told me when first watching this show at the very beginning that Jack would have willingly given Sawyer a gun, that, I would have laughed in their face. And that's the point. That's the key word right there is willingly giving right. him a gun. Like it was his idea to right. do he this. He came and sought him out. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is great. It's, it's great that they've come to some, some level of respect with each other. Now I'm not sure how, um, how sincere it is. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jack knows that somebody needs to probably have a gun on the raft. Um, and he knows that Sawyer knows how to use one. He's not going to give it to Jin because he probably feels like he can't communicate with Jin, even though I'm pretty sure knowing Jin's backstory, he knows how to use a gun. Um, he's not going to give it to Michael because Michael has a kid and he's probably not going to feel comfortable with it. So he gives it to Sawyer, but and, and I love it when when he comes up and he just says lumberjack. <laughs> yes. Because he's like just trying to it's it's like in Walking Dead when everybody was trying to guess what Daryl did before the the apocalypse. Uh, that to me, that was like a little callback when when they were trying to guess it because Jack was like, oh, I'm trying to guess what I've, I've been trying to guess what you were before, you know, before we got to this island. But um, but really, I mean, the whole focus of this scene is Sawyer to me. It, it's Sawyer gave Jack this information that he really that he really needed. That Jack has needed this information. And I and I don't know what possessed Sawyer to do it. Is it because they were saying goodbye? Is it because um Jack was kind to him or he treated him like a human. Is it because they were having like a sincere friendly moment? I mean, whatever the motivation is, you know, it was just such a fantastic scene by both of them. Like Jack uh, Sawyer was being sincere, which we never see. And Jack fell apart. 
which is great well, because I, he's usually kind of cold. And I, I, th- I think because this is this is a scene that I was waiting for because I know I did bring this up in an earlier episode that we were going to be getting this speech, and I think there is definitely a lot that happens with this. And you, you mentioned like this mutual respect that the two of them have, and I, I think we kind of see that exponentially grow in this scene. I think this. The, I think there was already kind of a mutual respect between them. Is a mutual respect between them, and I think what this scene really indicates is that Sawyer is, is a character we really haven't, who kind of really hasn't figured out how to express himself. Mm-hmm. And I think he feels this is the way to do it when it comes to Jack. I think, you know, so Jack kind of has. A little bit of a mutual respect, even with for Sawyer, even though Sawyer kind of gets on his nerves a little bit, um, and he doesn't exactly like him, even though he respects him. But Sawyer, on the other hand, I think does respect Jack because Jack has stepped into that leadership role. He has saved him. He gave him the, you know, he's given him the glasses, you know, helped him with his eyesight. So even though he's had issues with Jack, Jack has still been. I know you think he's the worst, he's but the worst, but has been. A bigger man and has still helped him when you know he needed help he did the doctor he? thing <laughs> he, he helped him with his vision he didn't want to he didn't want to but he still did but that's so. because of the oath it's not because he's a bigger guy i said he did the doctor thing but I, I think <laughs> this story, when he made the connection about christian shepherd and you know talking about his son I think there could be because you can see that moment when Jack is walking away and Sawyer realizes I may never I may never have another opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. And he calls Jack back and he tells Jack the whole story about, you know, how his father what you know, this guy had a son who he was proud of and he never got an opportunity to do it. And I have a feeling he never got that phone call. This is Sawyer's way of showing Jack he respects him. Or that and, and or that he's is, sorry. <laughs> well, I think it could be a little bit of a combination of the both. Mm-hmm. And and this is the way that he does it. This is a, a character who doesn't know how to express himself. This is how he feels he can do it. And it mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Because you can, as you mentioned, Jack, break, Jack breaks down. Because mm-hmm. he knows this is his father who he's talking well, about. He knew because Sawyer said Christian. Yeah. And the minute he said Christian, I think... It was like because Jack could have been left wondering. Well, and I you know, think Jack if this was really the story about his dad, or Until, if this was a story that Sawyer made up. Correct, and then he heard Christian, and yep. he knew. He knew that it was real. He knew that Sawyer was on the level. Yeah. So yeah, so there is a lot to to. It's a short episode. Or it's a short scene, but this is there is a lot to take in with just this one interaction between these two characters. Right. In fact, the scene packs a lot of punch and I am so glad. And it sets up, it sets up a lot. I think, you know, these two, they're frenemies. They always will be frenemies. Yeah. I mean, and again, we we go back to how these guys are, how this group of strangers that have become family that can rely on each other. Look, we don't always get along with our family. But there are definitely times when we have to rely on them. And that's absolutely a great way to describe these two characters. They they don't always like each other, but they kind of respect each other and they trust each other. 
And when when stuff goes down, they know that they'll each of them will have each other's back. Yeah, exactly. That says a lot. It it really does. They may not like each other's personalities. They may butt heads when it comes to decision making. But when their lives are on the line, as this series progresses further, when their lives are on the line, man, they have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. And that's really important when it comes to these two characters. So yeah. Well, what what? Um, so that was your number three. That was, was that was my number three as well. Cool. Um, so that was your number three. That was my number three. What about your number two? Well, oh. that's the only thing left that I want to talk about. <laughs> it's uh, it's Jin and Sun. Oh God, that's my number one. Well, my number one was already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I man, it's this was by far my favorite part of the episode. And I cried both times I watched it. I'm I'm just gonna say one thing, and then I'll piggyback off of anything else you're gonna say about it. Is I I think I'm pretty much agreed, and pretty much decided that when it comes to television, Jin and Son are the greatest television love story I have ever watched. Yes. I'm I I will say that without any shadow of a doubt. Any other TV show that you throw at me and relationship I don't care about Grey's Anatomy. I don't care about like McDreamy or any of these other characters out there. <laughs> Jin and Son without a doubt are the greatest television love story I have ever witnessed. Mhm. And it's this episode man was the pinnacle point and the beginning of all of it. I agree. Uh, I agree. And I love what they did in this episode. They showed how, how disconnected they were at the airport and how she was taking care of him. And he expected that he expected to be taken care of by his wife. And then we get to the part where she, she approaches him and you know he's looked so angry the whole time and because he can't speak english we've we have interpreted his reaction to son as anger when really it's shame and his entire focus has been getting off the island so that he can save her so that he can take care of her and when he realize realizes that son is still taking care of him on the island she re- wrote out an entire journal of phonetic, phonetically uh, uh, spelled out Korean to help him learn English. Yeah. Um, I think he just breaks down because even when they are at their lowest point, even when he has left her, she still cares about him and wants to take care of him and won't stop taking care of him. And it just it breaks him completely down and he's finally honest with her and they're able to like getting emotional. Just thinking. Oh, about I was it. getting choked up just saying how they're the greatest TV love story. Yeah. And, um, and they're, and he's able to apologize and she's able to accept his apology. I mean, she ends up apologizing as well, but she accepts his apology. And that is that's huge. You know, that's, she doesn't wash over that and she knows how big that is. And, Oh, I just wanted him to, I just wanted him to stay on the Island. (laughs) I think, I think a lot of people did at that point. I think, you know, when they saw them make up, I think a a lot of people really probably wish that Jin would stay behind. 
mm-hmm. and you know it's it's something that we don't see happen but i think one of the things i want to tack on to what you said about you know how he was shameful and that was part of the reason i we're seeing two characters who i think at this point in time they're broken the characters themselves aren't broken, but the relationship is broken. And we're starting to see the first instances of it becoming on the mend. But <clears throat> these are two characters who I think at this point with the relationship being broken, they're two characters that kind of, they don't blame each other. They blame themselves. Yes. Um, you know, Jin is very much, we see blaming himself for, everything that has happened he's the first to apologize and god that moment when he just says i'm sorry and starts to break down Mm -hmm. is like when it all begins and we see everything come to fruition but you know son before that point was somebody who blamed herself because she was the one that was deceiving Jin about the secret that she had so at at right up until that moment actually at that moment when Jin is apologizing is the moment you realize this relationship is broken, not because they blame each other, but because they blame themselves. Right. And I mean, let's not forget about the fact that they, they were going to LA from Sydney uh, with two very different objectives. Jin wanted to save his marriage and he wanted to disconnect from son's father and son wanted to leave him and escape and never see him again. And so if, if you think about the fact that Jin Jin wanted to save his marriage and it's like he lost that. But when he learned, you know, that she knew English because she wanted to, you know, escape him. I think the reason why he left was because he needed to resolve to try and do better because he he knew that she was right. He knew that that he had failed her and he didn't want to fail her again. And that and. This this is going to sound really strange, but it it made me think about the American couple that was watching them in the airport, and they were just being so negative and horrible when they were talking about the two of them. And the the husband said, you know, their divorce rate is a lot lower than ours. And she's like, if you ever see me do that for you, you know, just shoot me now or yeah. something like that. And I thought that it was really kind of telling. Um, about kind of marriage as a whole, because, you know, the divorce rate is high in America uh, in comparison to the rest of the world. And I think that it's because Americans have this like me, me, me attitude and they want stuff for them. Whereas in other marriages, they take care of each other. And I think that it's that serving of each other and, and the care of another person that keeps that divorce rate low because they were at odds and he had left her, but he left her because he wanted to be better for her. He didn't leave her because he was angry that she shamed him. He left because she, he wanted to be better for her. She, she was devastated when he left, but he, she still wanted to take care of him and she still wanted to help him. And that doesn't happen in our culture as Americans as often as it should. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because I have a very good marriage. I have an incredible marriage and, and it, but we do have our, our points where we're very selfish. And I think that we give up as Americans really, really easily. Um, 
And this is kind of a case being made for not giving up and for seeing it through and for being true to the person that you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with. And I think that that's what makes Jin and Sun so incredible is that against all odds and against everything that they've been through on and off the island, it's what makes them an inspirational couple. It's what makes us root for them because they believe in each other, even at their lowest moments. Yeah. I went off on a rant, but I, no, I it, just, it, it's fine. It's, it's perfectly fine. But I think again, you know, with the whole spoilerful aspect of this podcast too, it, one of the things that I think is even while they are one of the best like TV love stories that we've seen, they're kind of, it's, it, they're also kind of tragic because, and I'm not just, oh, Yes, I, I'm not 100%. even I'm not even just going to the very end of how the relationship, you know, turns out by the by the series end. You know, it's just they are they're you kind of need a lot of alcohol <clears throat> for that episode. Oh, <laughs> trust like me, a lot of alcohol. If, if I'm getting if I got just that emotional over just watching that scene in this finale, there are a number of moments throughout the rest of this series that I'm going to need a drink. Let's just call it drunk cast for that episode. <laughs> for that episode? Yeah. Oh, we'll my God. just tell everybody, just open up your favorite bottle of bourbon and let's do this. <laughs> because let's not, let's not forget, there's another character that we lose in that episode. Yeah, well, whatever. That kind of gets overshadowed by the gin and sun moment. And, God, it's... But, but, but we're even, getting ahead of ourselves. Even before that, like, the this is a... This is a couple that... As much as we love them as a couple, there's really not a lot of time that they're together. I know. And that's what's so tragic about it. But at least they managed to make a kid. (laughs) <laughs> that that is very very true <laughs> <laughs> they managed to kind of get that in <laughs> somehow they got that in uh no you're right because it is tragic and when you think about them reconciling and him getting off uh, on the raft um you know i i couldn't help but think about that was that they spend a lot of time apart and in that last season all you want is for them to 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 see each other again to reconnect to to um uh, what what is the word that I'm I'm thinking of? It's gone, but and and it just doesn't happen. Like every episode, I remember every episode that week going, okay, this is it. This is where they're going to finally see each other again. I can't wait. Nope, nope, that wasn't it. Great. Okay, maybe next week. <laughs> it was like it was like somebody ripping that football out from Charlie Brown every single week. Yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah, I mean they're they're one of the greatest, but one of the most tragic couples of this series, and it's it, it's a shame, but. There's... But I think it's because we root for marriage. Deep down inside, I think we all root for people to stay together. I think so. I, I think we always want the best. I mean, and it's, uh, I, I think that's just human nature for most people is to just want right. that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I think it's it's something that we we wish in, in people, but we kind of covet for ourselves at the same time. And so sometimes in our own lives, when we don't get that, we just enjoy seeing it with other people, mm-hmm. especially in characters, especially in characters that we're watching on television. So because why TV is magic. And well, I mean, TV, it, I've said this for years, uh, television and movies, they're an escape from reality. Mm-hmm. You know, they're an opportunity for you to kind of escape your own life at one point at, at for a certain, you know, for a period of time. And why wouldn't you want the best in when you're in those escape moments as well? Right. <clears throat> Um, 
All right, so yeah, so that was my number one, but I moved it to my number two. So did you want to touch base on any more of your number one? Because I know your number one was the the backstories of everybody. Um, did you want to yeah. jump back into that at all, or did you feel like you covered most of that? No, I covered most of it. Um, I covered it. I'm good. Okay. Uh, so with that said, I'll, I'll mention my last one of my top five. Again, it was initially my number two, but I'll, I'll mention it for number one since we talked about Jin and Son. Uh, one of my other favorite moments from this episode was the Walt and Shannon moment. Oh, yeah. It, that was it, a good one. There's, you know, we get that moment where obviously Vincent can't go on the raft. Being a dog, he's better left behind. So... Walt has to have find has to find somebody to take care of Vincent and he gives Vincent to Shannon. And I think one of the reasons why I love this scene so much is the fact that this is it, it's purely about innocence. There's an innocence while there's a lot about Walt that we don't know, we don't understand and unfortunately will never know and understand because it's kind of an unanswered element of the series. There's an innocence in childhood, and we definitely see that out of Walt in that he sees the purest in people. And in that moment, he sees that Shannon is in pain. Uh, Shannon is in pain over – she's still in pain over the loss of Walt. And he kind of sees her as an outsider. And mm-hmm. uh, he wants to fix that. He wants to help her. And he, by doing – his way of doing that is giving her Vincent. Um, you know, he says, you know, Vincent helped me through times when I needed help. He's a really good listener. And I, I, it's such a touching moment that when he says that he says to her, like, if you want to talk to him about Boone, I'm sure he'll listen. Like, it's such a heartfelt moment from Walt and Shannon that I just absolutely adored that scene. It was one of my favorite scenes of this episode. Yeah, um, I'm glad that you brought that up because I really did identify with that. So a year after my sister passed away, uh, my sister and my nephew passed away within nine days of each other. And a year after that, I got my dog Maggie and Maggie brought me back to Earth, basically. Mm -hmm. And so when he was talking about you could talk to Vincent and Vincent, you know, helped me when my mom died and Shannon seemed really touched by that. I just loved the fact that 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 was brought up because it kind of blasted me back to why I got Maggie in the first place. And, you know, she's been with me now for over 12 years and uh, she remains my best friend to this day. You know, I, and it sounds weird to say that my dog is my best friend, but she totally is. You know, she's always there. And I'm so glad that not only was that brought up that, you know, animals can be that important to someone's grieving process but that walt magic walt (laughs) who seems to know everything (laughs) he recognized that shannon needed something to ground her um and he chose the exact right person to give vincent to i agree even though she let go of him and he went into the ocean like within five seconds of her having a dog but you know what though like here's the thing though i I don't criticize Shannon for that moment. I think that moment was that moment was more for dramatic effect than anything else. I, I don't think that moment was to show irresponsibility of Shannon with a dog. I think it was just to show more the dramatic effect of Walt leaving the island. Mm. So I don't so I don't criticize that at all. 
I no, kinda, but I it was wrote that pretty. Off. But it was pretty funny. You have to admit, it's pretty funny that you know Shannon's like, "I got a dog. There he goes into the ocean. Bye." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute, and he's swimming to Walt now. Like, yeah, I I understand it, it was it was humorous, but I kind of wrote it off. No, so. and it's fine. It, and I love that he tried to go after Walt, and it broke my heart because you know this is hard for Walt, as you know we saw him kissing Vince Vincent goodbye. Yeah. Um. At that point, so, you know, poor Vincent. He never gets to leave the island. Oh, that's right. He doesn't. Mm-mm. Vincent never gets off the island. Now, for those of you pet lovers out there, we will spoil. Vincent doesn't die. He just ends up staying on the island. So, and that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he is the true guardian of the uh, of the island. He kind of <laughs> is, if you think about it. It's that, really okay. A true you know what? Pet- story is lost we just broke the entire mystery of lost <laughs> we just broke it we just we just broke it down in it, you you just solved the whole mystery ah. vincent is the true guardian of the island <laughs> that's it podcast over thanks folks <laughs> it's been real it's been real it's been fun and it's been real but it has been real fun um Let's let's bring up some some notes because we there are a couple elements of this series that we didn't even get to mention in our top five. I mean, we didn't even really talk about Rousseau returning to the camp. We didn't talk about the black smoke. Um, Can we talk about the fact that Arst is kind of the worst? Kind of. Well, he's kind of the worst because Jack is the worst. No, no, right, exactly. But Arst, I mean, he's like, he's super angry. Like, I don't know where all the anger came from, but he's like calling people idiot. And he's like, clearly not meant for this island. He's like, everybody's like, okay, we're going to go on a little jaunt. Everybody has their backpacks. And he's got like something tied around his neck and a walking stick. And he's huffing and puffing. And then he and hears, he's also like, a chicken one, shit. <laughs> right. He hears one little like kind of scary thing in the jungle. He's like, peace out. Careful with the dynamite. Bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, are you? fucking kidding me right what about, now how do we handle the dynamite just, just be, be careful. careful yeah and and that and that's it like he is you're right he is a horrible horrible character <laughs> and then he comes back and he's like ah and like and, <laughs> 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 and he's just like he goes you don't understand what just happened and they're like uh so we've been in the jungle every day <laughs> you haven't we know the black smoke monster you moron yeah Exactly. And you're right. And he is. He's one of those characters that's just absolutely he again, I, I, I hearken back to what I just said about him being a chicken shit. And he hears a slight noise and then he just takes off. Because I was back. in until I learned that that guy until Mar- uh, Marceau lost his arm. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, did exactly. none of you hear that Marceau lost his arm? Seriously? <laughs> or why are we still here? <laughs> yeah, he's he's just um, he's a character. That when when you find out what happens to him in the next part of this finale, uh, it's kind of shocking, but also enjoyable at the same time. Right. You're like, yeah, <laughs> bye, buddy. Yeah. Bye, Leslie. <laughs> exactly. I, I rock Leslie. Leslie's a badass name. Yeah. It's like, don't and, call me yeah. Leslie. It's and, Arst. It's and he's, Arst. And he's always overly critical about the way his name is pronounced and, and, and such. You're right. He's just he's he's horrible. He um, really is, and he's so high strung. My goodness. Yeah. I I would just think if you've like crashed on an island and you're pretty sure that these are the like this is this is where you are now. Like, I you know just like 
go with the beach mentality, man. Just just calm down a little bit, a little bit. I'm not even asking you to calm down all the way, but maybe we just take the giant stick out of your ass. Well, I think let's pa- start there. I think part of it also is the fact that because he's a teacher and he's an educator, I think he feels like he's smarter than everybody. And he just wants to make that apparent. Uh, but yet yeah, still Jack's the smartest one. Maybe he's even Saeed. I, I think, oh God, I think I would, I would put Saeed above Arst. Uh, Jack well, for who, sure. Yeah. Well, no, Saeed and Jack are probably neck and neck for smartest guy on the Island. I would put Locke up there too. Locke is incredibly Locke, intelligent, but Locke is he's more intelligent street. in a different way. Yeah. yeah exactly. Locke is more street smart and, um, no, Locke is, and survival. Yeah. 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 Lock and he's is more... trusting. He's open-minded. Yeah. Well, man of man of faith. But then but then you have Jack, right? Jack, who is, you know, that man of science who's very closed-minded, but he's incredibly intelligent. And then I think Saeed is a nice mix between the two. I think so, too. I, I, I really do. Because, I mean, especially when it comes to, you know, moments of the hatches, you know, that's – I think it's because he's that nice mix is the reason why he's kind of on the – he's the – Opposite end of reason. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think that we just figured it out that because Saeed is a nice blend of the two, that makes Saeed the smartest guy on the island. I would, you know what? I I wouldn't disagree with that because you're right. I mean, he's a very intelligent person. You know, he was an intelligence officer in, in, in the, in the army. Uh, But at the same time, he's been through a hell of a lot of his life through the wars and things like that, that he's also smart when it comes to survival. So yeah, you're right. He's a great blend of both. And, uh, as much as I love Locke, I would I would put Saeed above him as far as the smartest character on the island. Out of all three of them, I want Saeed on my side in a survival situation. Eh, I would still choose Locke. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then Locke, again, Locke might yeah, get you if, killed. If Locke, if, yeah, if Locke gets hurt, he's going to use you to, to further his survival. So that's, that's true. That's very, very true. R.I.P. Boone. <laughs> that's true. All right. I, I'm with you. On that one, <laughs> uh, I think I'll take Saeed. Locke would be a close second, and then Jack. But it's uh, yeah, I think Saeed is who I want on my on my side. Jack can like come along, but he's a pity invite for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just bring Sawyer along for the muscle. As long as his shirt is off. I see. Off. I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> that I wasn't gonna go to that point. Hey, it took me this long to not mention it. So I, I, I brought up the point. I brought up that scene before you did this episode. <laughs> I was like the scene for all the ladies out there <laughs> of him cutting that bamboo. Because that when the moment that scene happened and like the whole camera angle of it all, I was like, "Good God, this is purely just for the women who watch the show." <clears throat> and you knew that the woman that you podcast with was thoroughly okay with that. Uh, of course, of course, I knew. <laughs> <clears throat> I even think I think in the back of my mind I was like, oh, Kristen's gonna love this scene. Yeah, Kristen did love. Oh, Kristen that scene. loved that scene. <laughs> and so I brought it up before Terry you. Terry loves Lost. <laughs> <clears throat> Another Brooklyn Nine Nine reference for the episode. <clears throat> that should be going forward. What we do, we should just pick one show and make as many references as possible as we can during our podcast. There you go. Because sometimes right. it's Friends. Today it was Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to talk about the Black Rock. 
Um, yeah, only I forgot that it was a ship, man. I didn't, I but totally I totally forgot. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I look at it. I'm like, holy shit, it's a ship. That's right. It's a ship. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's exa- like that was the one two punch of my thought process when I watched it. Yeah, I mean, it's a ship and uh, this is not the last time we're going to see it. This no, is... we're going to see it further along in this episode. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't just mean in the finale. <laughs> I meant in the series. There are a number of times we're going to see this ship. And not just in this time period. We're going to see this ship um, in, in some flashbacks as well, which is uh, going to be interesting when we get to those points. So, But yeah, I mean, up until this point, when you're watching the show for the first time, you figure the black sm- the black rock is literally just a huge black rock. And not a a a cargo ship in the middle of the island, you know, nowhere mm-hmm. near water, which adds to the mystery of the boat, which I find kind of fun. So it, it's very it's a lot of fun when we um when we get into that. And I think the only other note I have, um, and then I'll turn it over to you to see if you have anything else. Is this is the first time in a while we got the smoke monster coming back? Yeah, but did we? Um. We find out from Rousseau that it's a security system, which we will learn by the end of this series, she's wrong. Uh, but in some ways, she's actually right. Uh, it is a, it is in some ways a security system, but in many ways, it's not. And when you say, did we? Yeah, I guess in the technical aspect, we didn't see the smoke monster. Um, but to be... Upfront and honest about it, have we seen it at all this season? All we've done is heard it. No, we've seen it. We did. He got he it it came really close to Locke, but and did, Locke just looked in it. But did we see it? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. I feel like we did. I'm uh, gonna have to go back and look. Uh, yeah. Des, Des, I know that you know and you're listening right now, so just do me a favor and just tell us the answer. Oh God! You are inviting so much just by saying that. We only we always get it, anyways. I know, but you're just um, you're just bringing it on yourself at this point. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can always edit that out. <laughs> you know I won't. Um, that's that's all I have for notes. I don't know if you have anything additional. I have I, I have like a, a few little things. Okay. One of them is that I'm really glad that the marshal's dead. Yeah, because he's a jerk. Man, I you know, I it's just if I was the TSA agent, I would have felt so bad for her. I would have been like, man, I'm sorry. I wish I could get you out of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and and then, that's why I need five guns. That, I know. What an asshole. Uh, so Charlie and the messages in the bottle, um, that kind of comes back to bite them in the ass, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how so? See, and this is why it's been so long since um, since I've watched this show. But I feel like that gets into the wrong hands. I don't remember if that's the case or not. You could be right. But yeah, I mean, I really don't remember what happens. I don't know because we know what happens to the raft. But I don't remember unless that bottle washes ashore. Maybe not. It does. Yeah. The bottle washes back ashore. Yeah. It, it does. <clears throat> okay, so I was right. Yes. 
I don't remember what happens to the bottle when it does wash ashore, but I do remember there being moments. I do remember a moment when somebody finds that bottle. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now. Oh, you're cheating. Of course I am. <laughs> I want to know the answer. Rock and the Lost Wiki. I That's what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, don't I know. just I'll I, find I, it. I'll find it, and we could talk about it at a, a different time. Because we're gonna be in this episode. We're gonna be in this particular finale for at least another week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh oh, you know what? The bottle washed up on shore and was found by Claire and Shannon, who gave it to Sun. And oh, that's right, Sun buries it. Because when she when she finds the bottle, she doesn't want anybody on the island to think that something happened to the raft. That's right. You're right. Yep. And it's also it's when she buries the bottle that she loses her wedding ring. Oh, that's right. Yep. Okay, so that mystery is over. Yes, it is. <laughs> so. I thought that it got for some reason. I thought that it got into the hands of the others or or something like that. And then it like they used that information against them. But that's just my brain going in a thousand different directions right now. And that episode is also uh, very early on in season two. And that is also an episode we're going to have a guest host because that is Everybody Hates Hugo. Oh, cool. Oh, no. She wanted to do Trisha Tanaka. Trisha is Tanaka dead. is dead. Yeah. That's okay. season three. That's season three. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Okay, anyways, that does it for my notes. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this is just the first part of the finale. We've got a two-hour finale, uh, two-hour part two that we're going to talk about next week. So uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to break down uh, next week when we go into it. But um, no manifest this week. Manifest is on break for the season. They'll return Ew. in January. So, <laughs> so we'll return with the manifest minutes in January as well. Um, but we have some feedback that we have to get through cool. and we have two more voicemails this week again from our friends, Steve and Des. Uh, let's do Steve's first because okay. I, I'm, I'm interested to see <laughs> what Des is going to say this week. Uh, cause yeah, cool. We, we kind of <laughs> gave him a little bit of shit last week. Uh, well, you gave him a little bit of shit last week. I'm kind of on the defensive side with him. Uh, I'm kind of defending the things that he's saying purely for the fun of it. Okay. Uh, uh, but let's start with that message from Steve, and we'll play that voicemail now. Hello, Ben and Christian. This is Steve. And just had a two thoughts on Exodus Part 1 and a, and a question, I guess, to start out with. You've probably already answered in the podcast, maybe. But are you going to break up the, the next two hours into two episodes or you just do one episode covering them. I know Hulu breaks it up into two more hours, but just a thought. Um, we see Jack being a, a leader. I thought that's that's kind of interesting that, that he wasn't thrust into leadership this time. He chose. He took that um, leadership role. Hurley says, uh, after they talk about uh, the explosives, the dark territory, and the Black Rock, he said, well, there's three reasons to go right now. <laughs> To go right there, uh, I thought that was uh, was pretty funny. Um, this is the first time I think we've seen multiple perspective flashbacks. So, again, another interesting thing that we we learned Sawyer's real name, and I wonder if if Hurley has known it all along because he says to Arts that he knows 
His first name is Leslie. And he kept that secret, but he couldn't keep any other secrets. I thought that was uh, another interesting thought there that uh, he's known. He's probably known Sawyer's real name the entire time. Uh, He just hasn't told anybody. Is this Kate making a choice between Jack and Sawyer? Or do you think there's more to it, her going uh, with him to get the explosives and not seeing the raft launched? Um, Loved uh, seeing Saeed again. I, I love Saeed because, and I said this even back originally when I watched the show, I love him because he's always doing what needs to be done. He's always kind of the practical one of everybody. And I, I think even though he has a story arc, he's almost really the most complete character that we have here. I mean, he does have a story and he has a, a, the romance with Shannon and, and all that. But I just, uh, I really like Saeed. Uh, Saeed. Uh, Jen and son, uh, I got the feels. Uh in that little exchange between them where Jen says, I'm sorry. And uh, she says that she's sorry as well. Um, so anyway, can't wait to hear what you guys said and uh, can't wait to, to listen. Um, hope to see you in New York, New Jersey, Ben. See ya. Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier that we're going to, we're going to do it as a two hour finale since that's the way it aired instead of breaking it up like Hulu does. Uh, so it'll give everybody an opportunity to, to watch two episodes back to back because I know we're looking forward to that too. Uh, we wanted to jump right into Exodus part two immediately after watching part one and we kind of had to hold back. So this week we, we won't have to do that. But yeah, I, he mentioned the whole Hurley line of, well, there's three reasons not to go. And, <laughs> I which funny. I, I loved I, I I forgot about that too and um he made one other point and I I, I suddenly forgot so I yeah so I don't uh, I'll, I'll answer his question I I don't think that um Kate was making a conscious decision between Jack and Sawyer That's I think that point, she yeah. tried I think that she tried to say goodbye to him but she wanted to be on that raft and so you know for some people they need to stay busy so that they cannot think about the fact that they're that they would rather be somewhere else or doing something else. So um, I think that that's what she was basically doing is that she was trying to stay useful and stay busy while everybody uh, launched the raft, not to mention that she's been ostracized by uh, the entire group at this point. And she probably just needs a change of scenery um, because she's kind of lost a lot of, uh, a lot of people in her corner. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, too. I don't think she's necessarily making the choice between the two. And um, and, and you know what? I, I honestly think that if – I don't think Kate could make a choice between the two at this point. I mean, she there's definitely a lot of trust in Jack, uh, but there's a connection with Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And I think her not being there – or well, I mean, we do see that moment where she looks very disappointed in the fact that Sawyer was not there. At the moment mm-hmm. that she was saying goodbye to everybody, uh, or that everybody was saying goodbye. So, um, yeah, I think she just kind of, she knew she wasn't going on the raft. I think she just needed, I think she went with Jack more purely because she needed the distraction of, of knowing she wasn't getting off the island. Mm-hmm. So she figured that since she wasn't going, she, she kind of needed to be um, helpful. And yes. use it as a distraction. So, uh, but no, but thanks, Steve. Yeah, we, um, 
you get to leave us voicemail for uh, you get to leave us a voicemail next week for for both of those episodes for Exodus Part Two, uh, yeah. Part One, Part Two, Part One, and Part Two, Part Two. <laughs> uh, hey, that's how IMDb has it, so that's how I'm doing it. All right. Uh, all right. Well, huh? you want to do Dez's voicemail? Yeah. Let's. Pl- all right. Let's play that now. Okay, you two are officially evil. So after making me wait like 10, 12 days for the Lost Podcast, my wife wakes up for work at 2.30 in the morning. I look at my phone. You finally downloaded. So I thought, well, I'll go ahead and listen to it because she's going to keep me up anyway. So then Steve has to come up with the question, have we ever had a flashback at the beginning of the episode again? I'm sure Des will know. I didn't know, but I had to freaking pull out my DVDs and run through season one. Here we go. Uh, the first one was on Walkabout, which it, I don't know if you want to count this one. It starts out with John having a flashback of when the plane first crashed. But the other flashbacks are actual flashbacks. This one is him actually thinking about it. So I don't know if you want to count that one or not. White Rabbit, you see young Jack getting beat up. Uh, Outlaws, you see uh, the day that Sawyer's parents got killed. Uh, in transition, uh, you see a flashback of Jen and Son's office. Deus Ex Machina, you see John working in the Toy Story and playing Mousetrap, my favorite game. Uh, then Born to Run, you see Kate you know, dyeing her hair in the stolen motel room. And then in Exodus Part 1, we're going to see Walt and Michael in Sydney. So depending on how you count it, we got either six or seven flashbacks opening the season. And then that wasn't it. Then you have to reference Madeline Kahn in Clue. So then I had to stay up and watch Clue. I freaking hate you guys. <laughs> oh, God. I love Dez's voice now so much. I, I love Dez. I just think he's wonderful. <laughs> oh, bringing up Clue. That was brilliant. And the fact that, and I, I just remember that moment from the podcast last week because we, you mentioned it before I, while I was thinking it. So one way or another, that reference was coming out. Uh, flames, <laughs> flames. <laughs> one way or another, that reference was happening during your rant because if you hadn't made it, I was literally seconds away from making it's that one reference. Of the best scenes in all the movies in all the world. I just love it. I hated her so, so much. So flames, flames came out of my body. I love on the side of my face, heaving, flames? heaving breaths. Oh God, that's such a fantastic movie. Yeah, I love that I... movie. I want to jump back to Steve's voicemail for a minute because I just thought of something else. He made the point that we're 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 hearing Sawyer's real name, James Ford, for uh-huh. the first time. Was that the first time we heard it? No, I think that uh, Kate's been calling him James. Yeah, I, I think we had, we knew that was his name already at this point. So I think maybe that's the first time we're hearing it outside of Kate calling him. Should that? we give Des more homework? No, we've given him enough homework already. <laughs> He sent us, I don't know if he posted it to the lost page or if he, if, or if he sent it to us privately, but he actually made a chart. And if it's not on the lost page, I think that we should post his chart. <laughs> I don't remember the chart. Oh, yeah. Maybe he just sent it to me then. But he made a chart of 
whether the eye had open, whether the episode had started with the eye, um, if we got a flashback, who the flashback was. Like, it's a hand-drawn Excel spreadsheet, basically. Um, oh, no, I do remember the chart. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I, th I think, or was it, or what am I thinking of? Or maybe, because I remember. Oh, no, I have it. I, uh, yeah, he sent it to the two of us. Okay. He sent us a couple of things. Yeah, and, he's and, a good guy. And I love it. I, I love the fact that he's listening and he contributes to the, by sending us feedback and everything every mm -hmm. week. It's great. Um, but on that note, we want to hear feedback from other people. We want to hear yes, feedback please. from the rest of you. Um, and there are multiple ways that you can do that. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record it yourself and you can send it to our email address or, or you can send it through messenger. Yep. I was just going to say the same thing. Uh, last but not least, of course, we want you guys to be sure to check out all of the other podcasts that we have, both on the Podcastica and Next Level Podcast Network, since this is a joint venture between both networks. And uh, it's been a lot of fun so far mm -hmm. uh, through the first season. And they had a lot of great content on both. And I'm not just tooting my own horn. There's just House Podcasting has been fantastic. Um, Thank you. Uh, Walking Dead cast has been great. It's it's just been... I listen to so many podcasts, and a majority of the ones that I listen to are both Next Level and Podcastica. So it's yeah. it's fun. Thanks. Um, what have you got going on for House Podcastica coming up? I know you're... you're we With the announcement of uh, Game of Thrones coming back next year, you're, you're doing your rewatch. How far along are you right now? Uh, we just started season five. Okay. So I just recorded season five, episode one and two. Those will release next week. Uh, we'll probably have uh, the season finale of season four. The children is going to release today or tomorrow. I got to uh, just get it out. It's all ready to go. Um, and that one I recorded with Dave. So cool. Very cool. It's two episodes a week until late January. And then I can slow down a little bit until the rewatch or until the, se uh, the last season starts in April. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's been and then you just, you just recorded with John Wesley ship. I did. I just had a conversation. Second time I had a conversation with John Wesley ship, who, if you're not familiar with, uh, was, uh, the original flash back in 1990. Uh, he returned for the new version of the flash to play Barry Allen's father, uh, Henry Allen, and eventually became the superhero Jay Garrick. Uh, he's coming on, he's returning to the series again for the big massive crossover that they're doing next week. The, uh, elseworlds crossover between all of the shows. Uh, and for those of you that don't watch those shows, you would also remember, remember him as Dawson's father on Dawson's Creek. I thought I, it was Pacey's dad. No, nah, he was I think he was and he was Dawson's father. Oh, all right. You would know. Yup. So, but he is a wonderful guest and I absolutely love talking to him and I can't wait until I get an, another opportunity to talk to him again. He's so, he's so cordial. Like he messages me before the interview to make sure everything's good. And then once the interview is over, like he literally canceled an interview he had after mine so that he could spend more time talking to me. And then even after the interview was over and we disconnected from Skype, he still messaged me on Skype and said, thank you for the conversation. 
say he's just a genuine nice human being and I love that for that reason alone even if you don't know any of his work I always encourage people just to listen to the interview just because he's the the conversation just because he's so genuinely nice and I love it cool so very cool uh but that interview has already been posted uh to next level podcast network which is uh next level radio online.com and you can find that under the dc primetime show cool uh but i think that's gonna wrap it up for for this episode of we have to go back one more episode before we we completely wrap up season one uh, as we've mentioned a number of times, next week we'll go over Exodus Part 2, uh, both parts. So it'll be a two-hour finale. As it aired on television, that's how we'll discuss it. So we want plenty of feedback for this one because this is the season finale. So we want to know what you guys thought of um, of the season so far, what you thought of the season finale, and then most likely, I think, after... We talk about the season finale next week. We're going to do a season recap episode where we'll go back and talk about all of season one. And we want your feedback for that as well. Uh, let us know who some of your favorite characters in season one were, some of your favorite moments. Uh, and we'll go over it together, which will be a lot of fun. Yep. So, uh, but that's it for me. Anything from you? Nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, cool. With that being said, then we're going to take a, uh, we're going to say goodbye. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.